Might wanting to tell you about this one for a while. The Legion Veterans Village Project is Canada's first of its kind integrated center of excellence for veterans and first responders, focusing on post-traumatic stress disorder and mental health, as well as mixed medical and rehabilitative services. It's a $312 million two-phase, multi-purpose project. It is about to be opened in Surrey. They broke ground a couple of years ago. And here to talk more about it from the Lark Group, the construction company that is overseeing this whole project, is its Vice President of Healthcare and Innovation. A pleasure to say good morning and welcome to Rowena Rizzotti. Rowena, good morning. Thanks for being with us today. Good morning, Sterling, and thanks so much for having me. Well, it's a pleasure. Tell us more about this project. I said you broke ground a couple of years ago. Did the the, uh, the COVID uh, pr- slow construction, did the lockdowns and all the rest of it postpone or delay construction? Is that why we're, we're still slated to open this summer? Um, would, it, would it otherwise have been open already? No, we broke ground in 2019 uh, once we had secured uh, all of our different users uh, the clinics, the entire functional program of the entire development. And we were very fortunate that during COVID, because we included affordable housing for veterans and first responders and, the, and their families, and because it had um, clinical services within the centre, it was considered uh, still um, an essential type of program. And therefore, our construction was not interrupted. And we're very grateful for that, that we remain on schedule. Interesting. Now, remind everyone where you are. And all all I know is that this new uh, facility is being built in two phases in Wally in uh, in North Surrey, very close to where the BC Lions practices facility is. That's absolutely correct. You're directly across the street from the BC Lions uh, practice facility on City Parkway and 135A Street, uh, right in the heart of Wally. Right. Now, how many, uh, you, you mentioned affordable housing, for example. This is a multiple housing in, term, in, in addition to the clinics and support facilities, which we'll talk about in a minute, Rowena. Tell us about how many homes and what type of homes will be included. There's approximately 500 units uh, within two towers. And of those units, 91 are dedicated affordable housing that are prioritized for veterans, first responders and their families, as well as Legion members and others that have served. Um, and we're, we work very closely with BC Housing on this, and, and we're very pleased to have those accommodations, mixed accommodations, as well as market housing, um, also to allow for folks that are coming to the clinics or engaging with the Legion to be able to participate in their rehabilitative services and be able to live on the campus as well. So there would be some facilities or some accommodation be um, being made available within the complex for people who are receiving extended treatments and need to stick around for a few days. Exactly. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about um, the the demand. Since this has been uh, announced, and we know now that there are uh, various types of housing available, you know, we see sad stories every Canada Day, Rowena, about homeless Canadian veterans. It just breaks your heart. So I can imagine when, when you're including these plans uh, for this type of facility to accommodate some uh, measure of, of recognition of that homelessness reality, um, uh, what sort of demand have you received? Well, initially we reached out to veterans and first responders as well as different care agencies to uh, understand what the demand was and where the gaps in service might be so Mm -hmm. that as we built Legion Veterans Village that we would be prioritizing solutions, that we could address some of those gaps. This vision started in 2015 
It was shared by uh, the BC Yukon Command of the Royal Canadian Legion and a dynamic lady by the name of Inga Cruz. And when we talked to veterans and we realized um, how important it was to address uh, mental health uh, issues as a result of the trauma and experience that those of service have faced, we realized that we really needed to do this and so that it could become a beacon of hope for the future. And so uh, we will continue on that journey. We've just begun a Legion Veterans Village Research Foundation. We just received our first $600,000 of funding. And so our intent is to use Legion Veterans Village not only as a location for care and service, but to become a nucleus to reach out to networks across the country to really change access uh, to care and service for veterans and first responders. And we'll continue to have those conversations to identify what is the next priority and so that we can uh, use all of this galvanized spirit of so many partners that made this possible so we can continue to really try to tackle some of those problem areas. That's good to hear. 312 million is a, a pretty huge pile of dough. Where did all that money come from, Rowena? What sources, uh, federal, provincial, municipal, legion, where did the money come from? Well, the legion, uh, the, the Wally uh, Legion Branch 229 uh, owned that property and they will have a beautiful brand new 10,000 square foot legion. Uh, in addition, the affordable housing was uh, partially funded through BC Housing. And a lot of the funding uh, for the housing itself went through the sale of the market housing units, of which the first tower sold out in three months. Uh-huh. And the second tower is just um, going to be breaking ground shortly. And then the, the clinics uh, actually were purchased by a wonderful group of, uh, of physicians um, that work through a great Canadian um, health company and Axum Health, and they purchased that. So the, the different purchased units uh, allowed us to open this without uh, requiring any subsidy for, for government type of, uh, of funding, with the exception of the BC housing, which is obviously such an important part of the entire campus. That's pretty amazing stuff to, to come up with that, that sizable amount of money without a tremendous amount of input from government. So again, hats off and congratulations to all involved. We have learned over the past two years of this pandemic experience mutually the uh, the importance that we need to place on mental well-being as well as physical health. If anything, all Canadians have come to terms with the fact that people get in, into trouble in their heads and sometimes need some help. So one of the things this facility is all about with respect to veterans and first responders is is the clinics you were just talking about Rowena give us a little more information about the types of clinical assistance that will be available once this building is open it will be a full mixed clinic services um, we want it to be a wraparound we want it to be integrated because right now sometimes in communities services um, are not necessarily Mm co-located. So there will be an entire breadth of services from primary care services to mental health services uh, to rehabilitative services, some of the highest, uh, most advanced technologies, robotics, neuroscience, neurotechnologies. Uh, We're really looking at what is the most advanced solutions that are out there and we want to bring them uh, to be accessible to veterans and first responders. And as you mentioned, Sterling, um, the the mental health challenges as a result of the service for veterans and first responders, and now even more so with all of uh, COVID and our opioid crisis, you know, our frontline healthcare workers who we're hugely dependent on, many are suffering. So there's no time like the present 
that we need to find solutions and get them into the hands of these folks who have sacrificed so much. And we need to help them because we're very, very dependent on them for not only, uh, you know, our peace um, and our joy of living in Canada, but also uh, access to health care because uh, they're, they're critically essential workers. No question about it. Rowena, how likely is it that once this model is up and running, and I'll get an opening date from you in a minute, but how likely is this concept, the, the package that you've created in Wally, to be reproduced elsewhere in Canada? I know the people behind it are very interested in seeing it reproduced. How likely do you figure it will be? Well, we hope by sharing this story uh, and the fact that we were able to successfully complete it and demonstrate its actual impact into that community, we believe that this model, which we have designed so that it can be replicated in any community across Canada with any legion, it may look a little different depending on what the community needs and the community priorities are, Um, but we want to share this story across Canada so that others um, can learn from from our experience and to be able to help and support them. And the more that we can do this, the more legions we can uh, help to redevelop. And legions are essential for the next generation of veterans uh, that continue to serve. As you know, we've we've got a, a war in the Ukraine right now, so we know that it's, it's just it's not over yet. It it may just be uh, the next chapter is just beginning. Mm-hmm. And this is such a fabulous facility. When is the actual formal opening slated, Rowena? Our formal opening day is February the 8th. Uh, it, many of the of the areas will be finished and, and completed by then, but on February the 8th, we want to be able to welcome the world to come in and see what we've done. Okay, well, between now and then, you and I will talk again and remind our listeners of that grand opening coming up a few months from now. But I, I just wanted, to, on this Canada Day weekend, uh, when we do have a moment to reflect and, and, and look at the good fortune we enjoy amongst each, uh, each other and amongst our, ourselves mutually across the country, uh, one of the things that we need to perhaps pay a little more attention to is the way in which we we treat our veterans and our first responders. And this is just a remarkable project. Uh, congratulations to you and everyone involved, Rowena. It's, uh, it's so worthwhile. And uh, we'll talk again before the grand opening just to remind everyone uh, when it's coming up. Thanks for this on Canada Day weekend. Thanks for having me, Sterling. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.